Alright, welcome back to another soccer edition of Bottom of the Net. This is episode 20. Um, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out here in the U.S. I know uh, the other, the, the owner, one of the owners, Cam, said that there wasn't going to be an episode this week. But because of the World Cup, there's just so much going on, we kind of just wanted to keep it going. <coughs> Uh, so this is going to be the only episode coming out this weekend. Basketball and football, American football, will be back next week for sure. Uh, so you will get your usual uh, three uploads next week. This week it will solely be based off soccer. Um, football. So, whatever, man. <laughs> so we are going to be talking about uh, the games that have happened so far. Uh, how the How each group is looking. And we're going to talk about the accolades that we didn't get to last week. So, who do we think the Dark Horse is? Has it changed since our opinion last week? So that Since we didn't get to uh, get to speak about it, and now some games have been played, um, and things of that sort. So, first off, we're going to be talking about the games. So, to start it off, we started off with Qatar, Ecuador. Uh, I feel like we could all talk about this pretty quickly. Ecuador completely outclassed Qatar yeah. on all areas of the pitch. Qatar did look much better their second game, which we'll talk about that later on, even though they still lost. But Qatar just never seemed to get going. Uh, Ener mm-hmm. Valencia did score. Uh, his injury is still lingering. You saw that in the second game for them as well, but he scored in the second game nonetheless. But he scored the two goals, and Ecuador looked good. They look good. If you're they bad, bad. We could base this off of the two games. They look good. Um... Against Netherlands, I'll be honest, I think they got a little lucky not to run away with the three points. I agree. Yeah, they they look like a solid team. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say. Yeah, I mean, that, that first game was the start of um, the controversy. Uh, there was already controversial calls. First game of the first game of the World Cup. The offside. Um, the offside. The offside. Uh, yeah. And, and there well, was I mean, a lot more to come. There was uh, all the extra time for all the games at the beginning where almost every game had five minutes of extra time. Um, so yeah, it was, it was, there was a lot going on. A lot of controversy as well with that game. What's your thoughts on that though? The, um, the extra time. I, I, um, I don't, I don't know. I, yeah, I think, I, know. I, I think they're just being a little more accurate with it. Yeah, that's exactly what I believe really, as well. I think they're really just trying to knock down on time wasting. How many times have we seen teams, especially, and you know, the Portuguese league is huge for this, unfortunately, especially with the smaller teams, which I understand to a certain extent, especially if they go in the league. But there was an instance where Benfica earlier this year played against a team. They went 1-0 up within the first five minutes. They wasted time, I believe, a total of 50 minutes. Yeah, that's insane. That's insane. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm all for giving it back at I, the end of the half. I, I agree because it, it forces teams not to time waste or to be smarter with their time wasting. Literally. And we saw it with Belgium when they went up against Canada. Instead of booting it out, instead of reaching for fouls, they just passed it a little more. They're yeah. keeping the ball in play, though. You know? Mm-hmm. So I don't So it's fair it. game rather than just right. like rolling on the ground, exaggerating injuries, you know? Yeah. I don't mind, right. personally. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, there has been a directive from FIFA that's come out this um, for this World Cup that uh, time-wasting needs to be cut out. They want accurate, real accurate um, added time. 
um, out of an average game uh, of football, uh, 90 minutes, only 60 minutes gets played. 30 minutes is what gets wasted normally um, through substitutions, really slow walk-off, injuries, etc. Throw-ins. So, yeah, I, I really appreciate it. Um, I'm, I've enjoyed the extra football. Yeah. <laughs> um, and for those of you who are uh, tuning in that don't really understand soccer, Anytime the ball goes out of play, so when it's a throw-in, a corner, a goal kick, or even a foul, obviously the game's not going on because they have to position themselves for the set piece or um, whatever it may be. So that just runs down the clock. So sometimes teams will strategically do that, especially if they know they're you know they're not the best team and they're up against one of the big dogs and they're in the lead. They want to hold that lead. So they try to waste time as much as possible. The littlest touch makes them fall down onto the floor and scream. So uh, they're just trying to counter that by adding more extra time at the end of 45 minutes. So when you get to the 45-minute mark, you might see 45 plus 10 plus 9. Where even as much as last year used to be like, if we saw five minutes of extra time, that would be a It was a lot, yeah. And now we're seeing it go way past that. Um, but moving on, we then had Netherlands, Senegal. Uh, that's another game that Netherlands, I mean, they played well, but Senegal really are unlucky to have lost by two. Yeah. Senegal puts up a good fight. For sure. Um, they definitely, I feel like deserved more from that. Cody Gakpo scoring in the 84th, uh, (laughs) with a good assist by Frankie de Jong, though the ball was mental. It was a good, I'd say look out for him. It was a well-placed header. And then we saw they had the eight minutes added time, and that's when Klassen scored that second goal. So Mm -hmm. Netherlands did look good that game. Did they look as strong as I thought they were going to? Honestly not, but Senegal are a good team. Um, I think from watching them play Ecuador and getting that that draw to that second game, they've really improved. Um, I think you slowly see them like sort of understanding that pressure of actually being at a World Cup. Um, obviously, didn't make the last World Cup at all, right? Right. So I think that pressure of that first game clearly showed. This second game, they were much, much better. Right. Um. What's it called? Then we got the big one. Um, you could talk about this one. Uh, six two England Iran. You can uh. You can touch yeah. that one. Um, so, uh, flashback, previous podcast, I went, England are probably the most boring team to watch. Don't watch them. Um, proceeded to follow that up with a 6-2 win against um, Iran. Now, um, quite an interesting one. I, I, I don't... England played well. They took their chances. But on the flip side, I don't think Iran played as well as they normally do. Right. So you sort of saw a team being extremely clinical versus a team who just weren't connected at all, right? To follow that up, you then saw um, Iran's first game, right? Uh, No, Iran's second game where they just beat Wales 2-0 and they played a lot better, which actually showed Iran's quality as opposed Mm -hmm. to how good England were. So I think it was a, just a game of just being extremely tactically great. We saw Bellingham and Declan Rice absolutely control that midfield, run Iran ragged, followed by the USA game, right, where 
USA just played so much better in that midfield to just nullify England. Um, Saka had, had a great game. He oh, great like, game. He yeah. Phenomenal. Um, yep. And honestly, Maguire's looking good. <laughs> yeah, he is. Maguire is looking yeah. solid. We're, we're seeing the reason Man United spent the money. Mm-hmm. Yep. We're seeing Leicester, Harry, Leicester, literally. Um, we're seeing the better version of, of the players. I mean, look at Luke Shaw. Luke Shaw had a great game. A lot of mm-hmm. people are talking about him. We got to see how good he... We, we know he can be. Um, Jude Bellingham is just... Like he he might be one of the best players in the tournament. Um, uh, can I just add into that? Jude Bellingham is what nineteen, twenty, yeah, right? Teenager. Like how good? How good is he? Sorry, carry on. But just wanted to throw uh, that out there. He is outstanding. Yeah. Like for a kid, he's so good. And just to talk about it really quick before I go on to the next game, if this matters to anybody. Um, it just shows how clinical England were in uh, against Iran because their expected goals were only two point one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas Iran, I mean, obviously, quote unquote, played above their weight. Their expected goals were one point seven five. They scored two, um, but, but they only had five shots less than England. So that shows yeah. how clinical England were. That England really were. Yeah. yeah. Um, what um, I do want to quickly just add because uh, I do want to talk about the USA game just a tiny bit. Um, England surprised me, right? But they they did the thing that I said they were, which was really boring. But I really liked the way they did it because they, they tactically did that, right? right? They mm-hmm. did not need a win from that USA game. So you only ever saw three or four players attacking and everyone else stayed back. I think that was a tactical thing that Southgate actually did. Because it's tournament football, right? You play games every five, six days, and you will see teams and managers do this in in this sort of a format, right? Where they won't play that well, they won't put in 100% because yeah. they know there's another game around the corner. They knew that getting a draw out of this game still keeps them top of the group. And now, actually, if you look at it, I believe England would play... If England topped the group, England could play France in the quarterfinals, Right? So this also gives England the opportunity to see how the other game goes and then actually say, okay, do we want to be second in the group? Do we possibly want to draw to go second or win to go top? And that's where the the actual England start playing that political mm-hmm. side of the groups of going, do I want to be top? Do I want to be second? Right. Um... Uh, another thing to note before we move on from this game, the Iran's keeper got demolished and that injury and i feel like that could possibly also play a part in the clinicalness of england scoring six not i I mean i i don't know much about the keeper but i feel like if you're number one keep your number one keeper is your number one keeper for a reason right Right. yeah to just lose that turn injury like a freak accident injury to then bring on your substitute like it's never gonna be the same so right um also I'm so sorry, but one more thing. How long did it take for that keeper to come off? Oof, yeah. Oh, right, so, right, yeah. Right, we completely forgot. Yeah. He, no, he was down for 15 minutes, right? Clearly had concussion. And there's a concussion protocol, which basically means that if if a player has concussion, they have to come off the pitch, to come off right? The pitch, yeah. 
have to come off because you're trying to protect um, them from dementia and things like that, like onset dementia because of these these physical injuries. And can I just add now, a quick um, um, for you guys that don't know, any type of head injury, even if it's not a concussion, there is concussion protocol where the player has to come off, but any sort of head injury, game has to be stopped. Like, get yep. ball dead. Ball is dead. You have to attend to that player, even if they're faking it, mm -hmm. which you know does happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can't risk it. So any mm -hmm. sort yep. of head injury, the game has to be stopped. Um, right. which was another thing. So even if it wasn't a concussion from the keeper, it's a head injury nonetheless, and the yep. game continues. One hundred percent. Which was yeah. another yeah. thing. This, this was my issue. Um, so the keeper had that massive injury. Clearly, he wanted to play on, right? Because you're at the World Cup. Right. Mm -hmm. right, right. You're at the World Cup. Every every single player wants to play at the World Cup. I don't understand how the physios and the medical staff let that stay player on. stay on and actually gave him the decision to go. Yeah, I'm fine. I'm playing on. Shocking. Right. Shocking. So after 15 minutes of treatment, he he comes back on the pitch. He goes to take a goal kick. Uh, three minutes later. He goes, nope, I can't do it. Can't take this goal kick. I need to come off. Mm -hmm. That took like 18 minutes. It should have taken five, yeah. right? Your medical staff should clearly go, right, if you can answer A, B, and C questions, no, you can't. You need to come off. It's not a case of going, uh, how do you feel, right? Because he's out. He was out cold. So there has to be a point where you just go, you can't play on, get off. Yeah, and I think that's true. that's something that they that FIFA and the actual organizing health body needs to take a look at because it's it's detrimental for players. We can't have like just from just from the physical health side of things, we can't be having that in football. It, right. it just was not on. So they need to set a standard. And just a quick fact um before we do go to the next game, um you said that there's about 30 minutes of time wasted um obviously yeah. this wasn't a situation where time was being wasted there was a serious injury on the pitch yeah but there was 24 minutes at a time total between first half yes. and second half in that game which just shows how much time how much extra time and how serious yep. fifa is um about implementing that rule that we spoke about earlier uh which is huge uh now speaking about usa wales uh this was a game of two two halves really danny you can speak about that yeah for sure um i i love that I love the USA's confidence. Um, you could tell that there's no fear in, in, in the national team right now. They're playing with full confidence. Um, Timothy Weah is never able... Uh, well, his dad was never able to be in the World Cup. Uh, so he was able to score a goal for him, for his dad. Um, I know he's very happy about that. Um, and yeah, so that was a great moment. And a lot of I, I mentioned Zimmerman not being able to play from the back, and and he did surprise me a bit. He he was able to play well, um, but that one mistake costed costed them that game. Um, yeah, so a lot a lot of eyes are on him, and whether or not he should continue playing. I think the second game against England proved that he is solid. He is a solid defender. Um, the midfield is is. One of my favorite midfields to watch, to be honest, with McKenny, Musa, and Tyler Adams. All three of them are workhorses. It's they're very fun to watch. Um, Tyler Adams is and insane. yeah, yeah, 
and, and and against and against England we saw that and against England we saw that they again played with no fear at all. They were taking the game to England and that that's what you have to do. Um like they they you can't sit back against a team like in England they will capitalize as we saw against Iran like they are they it's very easy they're clinical. England can be very clinical. So the fact we took the game to them proved how confident the the camp is in USA right now. Um yeah. Um, besides the midfield, who definitely are standing out a bit, um, Robinson, your left back, the last couple games plays for Fulham in the Prem. He's been insane running down that left. Mm. Wing. Um, yeah. and I that's causing a lot of problems because what you'll see is on the left wing, Pulisic will cut into his right, and Robinson will be overlapping on the left. Mm. So defenders tend to scramble a little bit. Because they don't know, okay, should we watch Pulisic cutting in onto his right foot and trying to blast that or send in a cross? Or are we worrying about that overlapping run from Robinson? And Robinson has been bombing up that left side. And he's playing well. He's getting back, though, and putting right. in a shift defensively. Um, and it's very easy for USA right now. They just need to win the last game. That's all they need to do, and they go they go off. They go to the next round. And um, so Wales just... Yeah. Yeah, um, you could go. You go. No, I'm gonna go for a quick question. Um, personally, looking at it, I think that Pulisic has been extremely disappointing over a game and a half. Right, that first half of the Wales game, I thought he was good. Um, I think he's been really disappointing for for against the England game and also that second half of Wales. I just wanted to hear your your view on it as well, just to see what you think of of Pulisic. Oh yeah. Um. I think he brings he brings something that a lot of other players don't have, um, and he, he he is the captain after all. Everybody, all eyes are on him, um, so I I really hope that he he capitalizes on that and is able to take that pressure. Um, we saw uh, for his club, he he had a good run of 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 scoring and and assisting and getting in the net and that right before the World Cup, not so much. So um, he's clearly been on and off, but. Um, I'm I'm happy how USA are playing as a team overall, though. Right, and um, Wales. To be honest, I feel like this is something we've expected from them. They haven't. They're not playing with the same. They're trying. They're definitely putting in a shift, but they're not the same Wales from the Euros a couple <clears throat> years ago. Not a couple years ago. The Euros before that, when Portugal won, that they reached the semifinals. Um, you know, Bale is definitely falling off a bit. And there's a lot, but there is a, a younger Wales side that's coming up, and a lot of them are playing Premier League football. So I do think it's one to watch for the future. But I just think this tournament wasn't for them, and this was a lot of, a lot of those players' first World Cup. I mean, it was Wales' worst first World Cup in a long time, but first major tournament, I should say, for a lot of these younger Welsh players who I think will put in a shift later on. Um, uh, I. Can I just say, I love how you just slipped in that Portugal win of the Euros. I love how you just naturally just slipped that in. Just, just, yeah. Um, it's the only tournament we got, man. Now, really quick before we talk about two other games. Um, so, the next games we're talking about, Mexico, Poland. Pretty boring, overall. Um, I say boring. They, they did go back-to-back, -back, but, like, it was a nil-nil draw. Mexico... Uh, the issues that I brought up in the original episode showed uh, they're putting in a fight. They're putting in a shift. They're always going to fight for their country, but there's the lack of finishing. We seem to be with that game and with the game in Argentina. They created some chances. 
They get in and around the opponent's box, but there's just not a lot of shots on target and not a lot of big, big chances. Um, and then for Poland, you know, it was uh, pretty disappointing for them to not be able to capitalize on that, but I feel like they were on the back foot a lot of the time during that game. They did change that around um, against Saudi Arabia a little bit. They were a bit more clinical. Uh, we'll talk about that later on. And then we'll talk about Denmark-Tunisia really quick before we talk about the two other well, I mean, big I, games. There's a big, big moment in, in Mexico-Poland was the Memo Ochoa save, um, the Lewandowski penalty. Oh, yes. Right. Yes, you're um, so Lewandowski wasn't able to score his first World Cup goal uh, that game because of Memo Ochoa. Uh, which would have been a bigger moment now if they were able to get a result out of Argentina, but because they couldn't get a result out of Argentina, that save doesn't matter too much now. I don't know if if they're completely out of out of making it to the next round, but I think the odds are looking slim for them. But yeah, that we'll that was a key takeaway. Groups. We'll go through the groups. Right. I'll, uh, I'll share my screen and we'll. Uh, but yeah, Lewandowski did eventually get his first goal though, so I was, I was happy to see that. To be honest, you could tell it meant a lot for him to get his first World Cup goal. And then uh, Denmark-Tunisia, um, I'm bouncing between some groups. I'm just looking at the games that day. Uh, Denmark-Tunisia, um, Tunisia put in a shift. Denmark, I think Denmark, I mean, it could have gone either way that game. But if you look at the highlights to that game, Tunisia really could have came away with three points from that game. They put in a shift, which is why I was a uh-huh. bit surprised by the result today. Um Australia versus Tunisia. I really thought Tunisia, because of how they played against Denmark, would come away with at least a point against Australia. But that's what the World Cup is about. Um, Socceroos. Now, Aiden, Argentina, Saudi Arabia. That's a big. That was a huge upset. And Alm said uh, last week that you know the World Cup is full of upsets. Literally. And that was definitely the first. I feel big upset that we saw. It. It was. I don't think anybody would have ever ever predicted i had friends better who don't even watch football betting on argentina to just wash saudi arabia but the way the game played out like it was really just a bunch of unfortunate events for argentina argentina take the lead to what some would say was a relatively soft penalty i am it's a penalty the player getting dragged down in the box it's a pen or whatever right Messi takes the pen scores slots at home Simple as. Then we get to the a million and one offside goals that just continuously happen. Messi scores an offside goal. Martinez scores a hat trick of offside goals. Like it's how, how, how the margin was so tight for so many of those goals. And everybody just expected Saudi Arabia to just get overrun or like it would not continue to work. But it did. Saudi Arabia played a high line and a high press, and I feel like that's what caught Argentina out. Argentina did, struggled. Pardon? Did Argentina get caught out by the pressure of themselves, like in terms of being the favourites to probably win oh, the I, tournament? Do you feel like they got caught out by that pressure? I, I feel like that as well, but I'm like in terms of this game specifically, we could get to that. But like, I feel like they. The, the press from Saudi Arabia in this first game, like they played a higher line in the first half. I mean, throughout the entire game, they played a high line and everybody was just expecting Argentina to like eventually let one through. But what Saudi did was really smart because Argentina's like starting lineup isn't very fast. 
Like they have Julian Alvarez, who's probably like their fa- fastest player off the bench. But like starting wise, Latoro Martinez, Messi's not what he used to be. Like it's not very super fast. Like if they played against Mbappe and Dembele for France, they would have gotten demolished with that high line. But they they played their game well. The high press could not let Argentina play their game properly like they would have. And it just allowed Saudi Arabia to create and press. And then you see in the second half, they come out and score two goals from literally nothing. And then they just sit back. They, I mean, they don't even sit back properly. Like Saudi Arabia continue playing that extremely high line. <laughs> just, Bro, you know. That second goal from Saudi oh, Arabia yeah, well, is quality. Aldasari, who probably is their best player, I'm pretty sure. We mentioned him when we spoke about Saudi Arabia last week. Mm-hmm. Who probably is their best player. He banged it. He that was a shot and a half. And if we and don't get me wrong, Argentina, they got the win today against Mexico 2 0. We me and Aiden were watching it together. They did look a bit shaky for a lot of the time though. Um And so that's what I was gonna maybe this win today ease ease their nerves a little bit, you know? Um mm-hmm. but let's give credit to Saudi Arabia because they put in a shift. And even mm-hmm. though they lost 2 0 today, I believe it was, they put. I watched the highlights. I was not up for the game. They put in a shift. They play ball, they did. bro. They did. They, they, they tiki taka. They are. They are so technically good. It surprises me. I know, you know they have that, some that... technically good players. Like Aldosari definitely is one of them. Um, but oh my goodness! And another thing, really quick. Um. One of the goals for Argentina, a lot of people are saying, wasn't offside, and that the technology. Oh yeah, did yeah. Not count in, uh, put into consideration the left back from Saudi yeah. Arabia. Um, the new technology didn't read it or something like that. I don't know how mm-hmm. that is. Uh, there is a screenshot showing like the player's foot, right, keeping Latoro onside. But when they showed the screenshot for the actual offside, they showed the other player, not the left back. And the left back look like he looks like he keeps him on, so, being the furthest player back. Again, at this point, it is what it is. It happened, but mm-hmm. moments like that are game changers because then instead of one nil up, that's two nil up, and now Saudi Arabia have a bigger mountain to climb. Literally, um, is that and... the same left back who got? You mean Argentina? Yeah, yeah sorry. Fuck. Uh, yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Actually, Argentina's left back got a horrific injury that game. Argentina, Saudi Arabia's left back. Sorry. Um. You know, he had to get flown out for surgery. He had internal bleeding. Um, Crazy. I didn't broken know that. something oh. some broke uh dislocated jaw and some yep. broken uh bones in his face. Uh I I did see though that everything went well, surgery went well, everything is good. Obviously he's not probably not gonna be playing in the tournament. Um yeah. but um uh, it's Al Sharani, who's actually one of their better players as well, their left back. So, um, wish him a mm-hmm. good recovery for sure. That was a horrific injury, and you know, mm-hmm. it sucks that you have to miss the rest of the World Cup, but you uh, helped your team because that happened in the 90th, I believe, uh, in extra time. You helped your your country to a massive win, um, and now all of you got Rolls Royces. So, the prince of Saudi Arabia gifted the Saudi Arabian team. Yeah. Rose Royce, a phantom All of Rolls Royce. Yes. That's crazy. A full day paid off. Oh, to be a Saudi player right And now. I believe Saudi Arabia made that a national holiday. 
Yeah, they did. Yes, they did. For they learning. actually did. Which that just yep. shows and how much it means. It meant to them, yeah. And now but it's it was Saudi Caesar. Arabia, Mexico. Yeah, we're gonna crazy game. We're gonna get that's gonna be a crazy game. I'm telling you, you guys have to watch that because that's gonna be crazy. There's like two teams with crazy passion going up against each other. It's gonna be. Like... I think what we've got to remember about the group is that everybody can still technically qualify. Yep. Right. That's so. Even though Mexico are bottom with one point, um, so top is Poland with four, Argentina and Saudi are joint second and third. Um, Saudi are third by goal difference on three points. Mexico have one uh, final game to play. I think it's going to be a wicked group. Yeah. Final games. Both of them are going to be awesome to watch. For sure. mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then we have the final game of that day, which was France-Australia. Australia did take a shock lead. Um, well played, though. It was well. I was watching a mm. well-played goal. Um, yeah, it was. A good finish. Uh, but, oh, and before even France came back, Lucas Hernandez, horrific injury. Had yeah. To get subbed off. His brother came on. I saw a post today. I was on Aiden that he's considering, like, retiring. retiring. Yeah. Because of that injury. Wow. Uh, because of the seriousness of it. I think it was ACL. Um. Mm. And I think he's. Which is. It's it it's I think it's really upsetting for two reasons. First of all, obviously he got subbed on for his brother. Right. Right. And I think I I can't remember, but I think the last time two brothers played in the same team. Right at a World Cup hasn't been since maybe the nineties, maybe even the eighties. Like, what a great day for the family that would have been mm-hmm. to see two of them playing. It really, really is upsetting. Right. Um. So hopefully his recovery goes well. He is a banging player. Lucas is the one that plays for yeah. Bayern, right? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. And Theo plays for AC Milan. Right. Um. And Bayern it's being yeah like, one. Of them top three clubs top five clubs in the in the world um so definitely wish him a speedy recovery but after that point uh france got back into the game we saw typical france um and they won 4-1 we saw mbappe score it was monte dembele has looked really good this tournament um mbappe you see his pace is just his that's his weapon not saying that he doesn't have anything else about him but his pace is ridiculous he's literally probably the fastest player i want to say like right. <laughs> at this tournament and you got Giroud 36 and scoring got two that game. <laughs> did not score today uh which would have i think broken the record and making france yeah time top scorer uh score internationally which would be insane um which a lot of that's why i said a lot of people don't speak about Giroud a lot they do but they don't it's such a weird thing like people give him credit but people don't give him mm-hmm. credit at the same time. He's like never just, spoken about, but he is. It's because he's not like a star standout player, but like he's just been a consistently good player throughout the years. That's that's his thing. Right. This was talked about on uh, Spencer FC's podcast as well. A, sim- a similar player to Jude would be like Jekko, where he's not talked about crazy, yeah. but right. super consistent. Um, and he, the Spencer also said Giroud would have will be the top scorer or one of the top scorers in this World Cup before the World Cup started, and it's interesting because I can definitely see that happening, especially now with Benzema out. But to be honest, the way Mbappe's looking, I don't know. But yeah, <laughs> um, Giroud definitely a great player. Yeah, I think Giroud is probably one of the best natural finishes that we've seen in a natural long time. Natural for sure. Mm-hmm. He's won Champions League, Europa League. He's won the Premier League. He's won FA Cups multiple times. Like he's won, he won the Serie A. He's won so many trophies. 
right? Um, he's never been a player about pace, and I think that's why even at his age, 34, 35, 35 of the years now, 36, 36. even older, um, wow. he's still banging in because he's never had pace, right? He's, he's always he's had traded. to rely on his ability. He's never and yeah, he never you see the goals that he scores. I, however, I think the one the games that he will struggle in is where teams can block France or block Giroud from getting into the box. That's going to be key. If they can block Giroud from getting into the box, they they will stand a much better chance. So we'll actually talk about the Denmark France game because I think they did just that, um, mm. and they had to rely on their wide players to put in a bit of a shift. Um, <laughs> Now going on to the next game day, uh, we had Morocco-Croatia. Morocco looked solid. <laughs> they actually played a really good game against Croatia, even though Croatia had a majority of possession. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Morocco did have more total shots, not really many big chances. Both of their expected goals were below one, which is why I finished 0-0 as well. Um, so it kind of a bit of a lack of finishing on that end, but... Morocco put in a shift, and I think they should be proud because Croatia, let's not forget, have reached semifinals and finals in their in the last couple of major tournaments. Mm -hmm. Croatia are a huge team, uh, but Morocco put in um, a huge shift. So that's and Almazrawi, uh, I believe got. Uh, I think it's Almazrawi. Is that uh, no Nassau? Just Mazrawi. Mazrawi, sorry. Um, who's playing playing makeshift left back for Morocco, uh, which I feel. Benfica should be the Benfica Portugal should be doing with Cancelo, but whatever. Um, he got injured, so that might be a big mm -hmm. miss for the next game. I don't know how serious it is. I didn't really look into that, uh, but he did have to get stretchered off, I believe it was. So that's that sucks. Um, but it was no no. Besides that, it was an entertaining back and forth game, but no goals. Uh, then we have Spain's demolition of Costa Rica. Aiden, you can. Yeah. I mean, there really isn't much to say about this game other than it was just a pure dicking. Like, Spain pulled it out and fucked them. But, I mean, like I said before, Spain are going to go far. Honestly, like, I know in the first episode I said Argentina are going to win it. But realistically, that's me speaking with my heart over my mind. Spain just looked too good, bro. Like, they, they, I, I called it Lucho knows how to set up a team people question their um their lineup people question the squad Roger but he just back. and it worked it worked he put out a shift played great but i mean have gavi did he become spain's youngest scorer I think so. yeah gavi scoring people bro before this game people were talking about um saka and musiala how they played for um germany and 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 england but and they're like oh gavi getting it over them is just a disgrace golden boy sorry but then you just come and look at how gavi played in that game and he just ran the entire midfield like next to pedri who's also a generational talent in that same side like I love to, pedri. He, to look so good next to pedri i feel like just shows how good he actually is and i want people to start respecting him because he's so good like he's not gonna be like the flashiest player but like he he does the job like he's exactly what you want for that system in that midfield and you're gonna get that but yeah like there, there really isn't much to say about spain other than they're going to continue to be dominant in this tournament i feel like costa rica they looked pretty toothless like they could not put up anything 
did not have any expected goals at all. <laughs> not a shot, not a chance created. Like, yeah, like there's not there's little you can do against that Spain side. If there's anything I can say, oh sorry. Uh, if there, yeah, if there's anything I can say, not to diminish the performance that they put in, but I do want to see Spain against another team. Just because Costa Rica didn't look like they had it in them at all. I think Which is that fair. after the second or third goal, you could tell like it was just about trying not to make it yeah, embarrassing. seven, eight, nine. Yeah. So I I do want to see them against a top a top country. Um but it, yeah, no, they do. Which is they do valid. No, that's valid. That's valid. Right. But I get they, they they don't reach like the semifinals of the Euros last year for nothing, you know? Um, let's not forget. Sorry, I'm just really quick. Let's not forget that no, Costa Rica it. has Kaylor Navas in goal, who is a top yeah. quality keeper. Yep. So even though obviously overall Costa Rica's team isn't up to par, especially when you compare it to Spain's team, <coughs> excuse me, they have a insane keeper. So to get seven past that keeper who plays for PSG has played for was a Real or Barca. I'm forgetting. Sorry. Yeah. Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid. Yeah, you know, that's a top quality keeper. So to even get seven mm-hmm. past him is still huge, regardless of the rest of the team. Um, what were you going to say, Om, really quick before we move on? Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, speaking of uh, games, because we're halfway through this uh, the second round at the moment of games. Right. Um, Spain play Germany tomorrow. So you're going to get, you're probably going to see that test a little bit more. Um, followed, and then obviously they play Japan, um, which I'm more excited for the Japan Spain game. <laughs> I know we'll, we'll probably have another podcast about that. Uh, I think just before that game is played on. No, 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 we won't. Uh, it will be afterwards. But I'm actually, yeah, I'm excited for that Japan Spain game probably more than the Spain Germany game. Yeah. Um, and then before we get to the big one for for a lot of us here, uh, we have Belgium Canada. Belgium edging out a win against Canada. Few talking points here. Um, also, big shout out, really quick. I have to I have to do this. I thought I did it last one, but I didn't. Uh Lucas Miller and Liam Miller. Uh so me, Aiden, and Danny uh all became friends through Om above me. Um because he used to Twitch stream, right? So this was a long time ago, years ago, years ago. Twenty thirteen. Yeah. So we there was another guy, his name was Lucas. Um and at the time his brother was in the youth academy. At Fulham. At Liverpool. No, no. Fulham. it was Fulham. It was Fulham, Fulham first. Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so Lucas, his big brother, Liam, got a call up to Canada. So he's playing for Canada and he actually got subbed on for Canada during this match. Um, so big up to them. Uh, I actually spoke to Lucas and just so you guys know, you, I am, I have spoken to Lucas. Uh, he will be on the podcast. Uh, one of the future episodes. Probably after the World Cup, he's currently in Qatar supporting his brother. Um, so he's been to the he was he was at the game. So we're gonna get some firsthand um, experience from him, talking about how it was over there, how the games were, how Canada played, how the atmosphere, everything. Every we'll we'll just ask him a bunch of questions. Um, and if you guys have any questions, definitely let us know. But he will be here in the future, so big up them. But um, back to the game itself. Belgium got lucky. They did. Uh, Canada, mm, I, shift. Yep. Can we get a shift counter somewhere? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, also, let's not forget 
Thibaut Courtois made an excellent uh, penalty save as well, didn't he? Oh, yes. yes. Uh, it, it, it was. Um, there was a lot of questions about Alfonso Davies taking it. Yeah, there was. Um, you know, I understand mm. that's probably Canada's golden boy at the moment. Um, go on, go, go, on, Stephen. go on, Stephen. Go on, Stephen. Speak the truth. Jonathan David, um, in his last 12 penalties, has scored nine, which is a good stat compared to Alfonso Davies, who has never taken a professional penalty. Uh, maybe he's been through a penalty shootout, but he's never taken an official penalty in game uh, throughout the regular ninety minutes. Wonder who decided that? Uh, apparently, who decided to take the penalty? He did. Apparently, he took it off of Jonathan Davis. You know what I mean? Well, he's stupid, so, considering he had a hamstring injury. He probably just wants it to be Canada's first goal scorer at a World Cup. Yeah. yeah, but but I don't I don't understand why. If you know you've got an injury, yes, you're playing through it, right? And that's why he wasn't playing in the same position that he normally plays for in Canada, right? But if you're if you got an injury, especially a hamstring injury, something that's going to affect your ability you to kick, kick a football, yeah. right? Like, why? What? I uh, yeah, it's just it's just silly. It's he, selfish. It's yeah. He didn't look like he was really he really had that knock on him though, the hamstring injury. No. So, like... Uh, no, I don't know. You you never saw him sprint. You never saw him actually have a really good run. Fair. Right? I was gonna um, say he was still attacking. He didn't have to, you know, run back and defend. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I agree with Dom. They, 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 they kept him up. They tried keeping him up there so he didn't have to yeah, run back and forth. They played more of like a left wing back system. So I'm assuming Ashtaki probably filled in. Filled in that gap. Yes. Miller. Yes. Um, where Davies, instead of having to run all the way back, I'm looking at the formation when not right now. Instead of having to run all the way back, would probably take a Stocky's role in the midfield, and they would interchange mm -hmm. to save him. Mm. From, I, I think that's the only issue with um, like we obviously we all want to see Liam Miller play, but when we look at Canada, it looks like they're very left heavy right now with Adekube mm -hmm. being being their left back, who is very important for them. Davies also being there, that's very important for them. Um, so yeah, um, it's hard for him to fit into the squad, but when he came on, he looked good. He um, did. Yeah, and and for for, for Canada's for, is it their first World Cup? Uh, since um, yes, I think it's their first World Cup. I don't know if it's their first in World a, Cup or their first World Cup since nineteen ninety. Yeah, in a while, in yeah, a yeah, very yeah. long time, and they didn't score. I think. Yeah, it's. I think it's 19, yeah nineteen sixty six because it's when England won the World Cup. Uh, mm. Canada didn't score a single goal. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was nineteen sixty six. So they they proved why they're there. Uh, they they prove either where why they're there. Um, yeah. their defense was solid against a team. Belgium, when you look at their team and you see Lukaku and De Bruyne well, playing Lukaku, with each Lukaku other, Lukaku didn't play. Lukaku didn't play. Uh, um, Bachuai. well, Bachuai, yeah, Bachuai. Uh, you see the and then you see they could sub on people like Trossard, who are is crazy. Hazard is there, obviously he's but like Belgium is an insane team, and for them to. For Canada to be able to control them um, the way they did and and keep it only what was it one nil? One nil. Yeah. One nil. Uh, that it, it proves why they're there and 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 how good they're they're starting to get. So I I really hope that they get um keep keep up the performances whether they win bro, or not. Bro, I think to have a two go go go, go. Bro, to have Sorry. a two point six three xg against Belgium who only puts up a point seven seven mm. is insane. Like they literally yeah. dominated them from start to finish, first and second half. Like it, it, 
it's insane that they didn't the manage to put one one past them. Shots. You know what I'm saying? 20, that's some FIFA and, stuff right there. That's some football yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. Kurt 12, of course, man of the match. Had an insane game. But they gave it to De Bruyne, talking point. They gave it to De Bruyne. Oh, they did? And De Bruyne said, I don't know why I got this award. I'm assuming it's because yes. of my name. Yeah, that but yeah, was that, fan, I, was it fan voted? I thought I saw somewhere saying that the man of the matches have been fan voted. I'm not so that might be why. Mm. But I I think a good thing I want to point out just for the people that that like to watch the MLS, Canada's team is so MLS heavy. Almost their full back line plays for Montreal Impact, and for them to be able to play the way they did on, on the biggest stage in the world, props to them, and it shows the quality that's that's coming out of north america right now so definitely props to them just because of how many mls players are are on that team i just wanted to say kamal miller what a performance um one of the center backs really really stood out to me um being able to manage that team and that defense he was a real leader real leader he did extremely well very very impressed by him i wouldn't be surprised if if he has another game or two like that especially another game like that you might even see him over here in England. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. His uh, current market value is around 3.3. So, oh, Daniel Henry can go to England. So can fucking that's, if, that's just his market value, so he could push a solid 8 to 10. Yeah, another quick shout-out to the... Uh, by the way, for you guys that don't know, uh, Canada's manager uh, is English, but he did extremely well with the Canadian women's team. And that's how he's now the Canada men's team. He won the silver medal at the Olympics with Canada, I believe. Okay. Um, he did extremely well with the women's team, and that's why he's now come over. And actually, you saw how they played tactically. It was Canada were really good. I thought they were really good. They, I, what let them down was the finishing. Right. Right. They were just shooting from silly positions, and that's why we kind of saw twenty-two goal, uh, twenty-two shots. But oh, they played well. They did play well. And um, now to the next game, because I do want to start getting through these games. <clears throat> um, but those were some big games. And Japan, Germany. Oh, man. Was I, was I happy to see Japan beat Germany? Mate. For all of you guys, I think I mentioned it last time. I hate Germany because they always beat Portugal. But they have such mm-hmm. a good team. And... Me, Om, and Danny, and I don't really know about Aiden, but we just have this pull towards the Japanese like, <laughs> national team. Um, so it's I like, was, how can you hate on them? It's one of I those. Was actually you know at work yeah. Watching it. Um, so I was at work watching it. Uh, there was nothing to do at work that day, so um, it was fine. But yeah, um, they played. They played well. They played very well. Second half, you saw that. I feel like Germany kind of took put the brakes on a little bit where japan just put a shift yeah (laughs) where japan just like took it to them uh former former arsenal man scoring that goal to make it 2-1 uh asano Mm. so that was a great finish by the way class i know know he was super close to the keeper but to lift it up yeah that's a hard goal to score and and someone behind you as well putting pressure trying to pull you back that was a great finish. It's very easy to kick it straight to the keeper or over the crossbar. And, and I saw a lot of people questioning the keeping, but that's just a class yeah, finish. No, 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 no. Yeah, it was. Going low is what most people do. Uh-huh. Right? So, yeah. It was a really good finish. Doan to, to 
tie it. He literally scored four minutes after getting subbed on, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. great for them. And you saw what it meant to them when they were when they scored. You saw and when they won, you saw what it meant. Yeah. to the Japanese. it looked like they won the World Cup after that. Yeah. Players running on the pitch. One yeah. thing I really want to bring up, sorry, is like the defending uh, or just the work rate of the Japanese team was so good. Seeing everybody get back, it, it they they were fighting for that win. They were like they they refused to 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 let that to that light on. Yeah. The the way they were getting back, it, it it was great, and they were ready to they were ready to try and score a third if they had to. They they were going back and forth, back and forth, doing. The pressure that I saw them put on the German players was and was, I'm, I'm was great. Through their team right now, um, you have Maya Yoshida, thirty-four, so he brings that experience, Premier League experience, Bundesliga experience, top level experience. Serie A, experience, yeah, Ko Itakura, everywhere. Uh, Itakura, sorry, uh, plays for Gladbach, but what I didn't mm-hmm. know is that he came from Man City's academy. Man City, yeah. So that's another one. <clears throat> uh, Hiroki Sakai. Uh, who I was a bit surprised to start over Tomiyasu a little bit, considering Tomiyasu is doing insane for Arsenal right now. But Sakai did put in a shift, and Tomiyasu did come on later on. I think Tomiyasu had a knock. That's why okay. he came off the bench. Okay. And then Nagatomo, I didn't even know, was still playing. 36-year-old big up. Big I up know. Um, oh, no. And uh, Maya Yoshida. Yeah. How is he really? still playing? Yeah. Like, wow. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, Yoshida being 34 still plays for Schalke, so he's still playing at a top level. Um, in the Bundesliga, so that's you know good for him. Nagatomo though, he's back in Japan playing for FC Tokyo, mm. thirty six years old. But let's not forget he came from Inter, playing years at Inter, um, and was just a staple for them for a while. Um, and then eventually became, and eventually they didn't even get rid of him for the longest because he was just such a solid squad rotation player yeah. that could play almost anywhere. Um, but it was just what a performance from Japan. Germany did have twenty six shots. <laughs> yeah, it's um, not to say Germany played bad. Right. Right, um, but they did. Uh, I, do, I do feel like they lack that cutting edge that we've seen from past Germany teams. They don't have that clinical striker up top, that Mario Gomez, you know. Yeah, Gomez, close. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, um, not unfortunately, fortunately for me. But like, <laughs> you know, and they put they brought on that Nicholas Fulcrug guy, who I know has been doing decent in the Bundesliga. Um, and Yusufa really Mokoko, good. <laughs> Mokoko, Mokoko actually got a in, in like the ninetieth, which I feel like was you know if if you're down two one, and I don't know, I feel like you should have brought him on a little a little more for sure, um, or at least another attacking player. But again, big up Japan, uh, definitely makes it difficult for Germany and a big game for Germany tomorrow. Uh, they need to win against Spain, in my personal opinion. Yeah, otherwise they're out. Yeah. Well, they, they need they to, do. otherwise they're, they're out. Yeah. It, it's as simple yeah. as that. Um, but let's um, go on. Uh, oh, last point, um, you can say your last point, but we do have to go on after this one. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. I just wanted to say, uh, for all of uh, the way Germany played, uh, which was quite uh, intricate passing, um, Japan scored from two direct goals. It was literally over the top of the defense. Right. Bang, goal. Second one, exactly the same. Bang, goal. Sometimes you don't need to be intricate. You can just go. Right. Um, Shout out Blue Lock, by the way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, now, now clearly works match day because we still got one two three more match days to get through um uh, mm-hmm. so we got uruguay south korea um i didn't watch the game they didn't uh, even, uh, so it was I, really boring I, it, I, was, I heard ex- it was it was dead i watched boring. the highlights i heard it was kind of mad yeah. uh there wasn't yeah, yeah, crazy, it, crazy honestly big chances this is the one game I think we can all happily just skip over because it was extremely boring. We watched it at work. 
it was the first World Cup game that I was that we all turned around and went, do you know what? Let's turn that on in 20 minutes, see if there's anything to happen. Turn it on in 20 minutes, nothing had happened. Uh, so, Suarez was yeah. dropping a stinker. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And Darwin Nunez, you saw a bit of what we saw from at Benfica, where he kind of, and he showed it at Liverpool too, where he kind of doesn't look up at the pass. He kind of tries to do everything himself. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. Whether that be a cocky thing or him just be, una- like, his awareness just not being there. You know what I mean? I feel like it might be a bit of both. I, f- I feel like it's both, to be honest, because he just never had awareness back at Benfica either. Even before his crazy second season with us, his first season, he was still... He just his eyes towards much. goal. Yeah, and it doesn't... His eyes towards goal. Um, he has one mission, and it's to try and get in the goal. So that, yeah, so it's one saw, of those. We saw how that hindered him today. There's always a benefit and a negative uh, from being so yeah. direct. Um, yeah. But I see... I, you, you definitely see players that benefit the most when they know the difference between, okay, let me be direct now, but let me look for the pass this time. Um, so, yeah, <sighs> th- there wasn't much there. Uh, Switzerland, Cameroon. Brill! Brill and Brill! Then we point him out. Big talking point. Yes, we did point him out, but big talking point. So, he was born in Cameroon. Um, and there's a lot of stick right now going towards him. Um, his dad still lives out of Cameroon. I saw videos today of stuff being thrown at the house. Oh, wow. From locals. Um, which is sad. And you even saw him pay respect to Cameroon. He didn't celebrate right. if you look at it. He he, mm-hmm. he started to jog just a tiny bit and he was like, wait. And he stopped. Um, mm. So he was showing his respect. And it's like, if you, I understand he was born in Cameroon, but if another country raised you, or if you just feel a bit more affinity, a tiny bit, or like you owe something towards a country for giving you a new chance, you know, Literally. it's kind of hard. And it wasn't like he disrespected you guys. So I feel like I'm not saying this is Cameroon as a whole. Obviously, all Cameroonians are like this. Just hate. There's it. some people that were bored but, and stupid. Yeah, but they're yeah, exactly. You know, which is all over the place. Um, yeah. but it was a good game. Um, and and Bomo and Buemo that plays for Brentford. Um, I feel like I've seen him play for Brentford multiple times, and I feel like his thing is just his finishing because he always gets a shot off. <laughs> he always plays so well. He could just never put it in the back of the net. Uh, Chupo Boateng had a good chance. Uh, I believe it was in the second half that he didn't put away. Mm-hmm. Cameroon put in a shift, um, but Switzerland were just uh, a bit too much. They were pretty evenly matched. Ball possession, 51-49. Total shots, 7-8. and eight. Um Switzerland just creating a bit more uh, of big chances overall. So it wasn't a bad game, but it wasn't, you know, crazy. Um, but yeah, we, that, that's, that's, it's going to be interesting to see how both of these teams fare in the next match day because they haven't played yet. I believe that's tomorrow for them or the day after. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, both of them still very much in it. Well, Cameroon, I should say. Cameroon is still very much in it. Um, because who knows if they play like how they played against Switzerland, but they actually be a little more clinical, they could go up against Brazil. You know, they could cause an upset, even though Brazil looked good still. You know, um, oh. now Brazil Serbia two nil. Where Charleston's goal was insane. Disgusting. The second one. Yeah. Yes. They did score two. Um, but that second goal was disgusting. Yeah, Mom, you want to talk about this game a little bit? I can do. Um, watched it in its full. Brazil absolutely dominated like we say they would um, every time a player went off. Like we said, there was another world-class player that came back on. 
Um, we're seeing a little bit of Richarlison that we don't get to see when he plays for his teams like uh, like like Tottenham. We saw him a little bit at Everton when um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin got injured, but we see why he's Brazil's number nine. Like he's just he's he's selfish. As a striker, you need to be selfish, and he's a really good poacher. He's got the um, the technical ability, like we saw in the second goal. If for those that haven't seen it, ball comes up towards him. He he sort of flick. He controls it and flicks it. It kind of goes behind him, so he turns. Bicycle kick over his head, like straight in. Absolutely well right under finish. right under where you're right. Put yeah, well, the clip of you speaking well, and put the goal right under. Yeah, yeah that'd be like good. it was that'd be it was fantastic. Um, but at the same time, we saw how teams like to play against Brazil. We saw Neymar go off with a massive in uh, well, not a massive injury, but he's going to be out for the next game at least. His ankle. Yeah, it, it really was. Bad. Yeah, he's so it was unlucky probably... as well. Size because this always happens to him. Like this always happens to him. Like in the 2014 World Cup in Brazil, like you see how the Brazil team deflated after he went out. Like he he he's just very unlucky with injuries. Like it's always his moment, and he loses it. Like. It, it... Oh, you, no, man. you mentioned like, the 2014 World Cup, and all I can think of is the clip of him just continuously rolling. <laughs> like he's probably still rolling to this day, and that's why his ankle's yeah, so bad. Yeah. Um, he got ten fouls before he went off in this, like the 20th minute or something. No, no, he, like, yeah, he, 30... came, he came off in the 79th. He came off. Sorry, 79th. Uh, but yeah, ten fouls. Mm-hmm. Ten fouls. Like. Throughout the whole game, um, he, Neymar is targeted. I will say that, but I also will say that he holds the ball a little too long sometimes. And he could, if he releases a little quicker, he would not suffer as many fouls as he does. But I mean, that's what you expect from Neymar. That's the kind of player he is. Yeah, his role is to win the ball higher up the pitch, bring those fouls, allow the team to get forward. It's something he does really, really well. Yeah, but then you, you, he. he it's a, it's one of those where he's suffering from his own success. Like it's what he, you expect for him to do, but at the same time, like release the ball a little quick, and you're not gonna suffer as many fouls as you do, and end up in this predicament that you're in right now. Right. Mm. To to go back to um, what Am was saying, um, the Richarlison him starting like it it had to pay off because if it didn't, people like Firmino didn't play. Firmino's didn't get called up or didn't play at all. One of the two. He, he's not caught in the squad. Mm. He's not in the squad. squad. So, Richarlison had 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 to perform. He has to perform because with somebody like Firmino not being in the World Cup at all, like you got to show why. You got to show why he's. You got to show why. I was just about to say. You have to prove why you're playing over them. So yeah, he did that. Like I, I've told multiple people, I've told Aiden this multiple times. I've told other people. I don't really rate Richarlison at club level. Um, obviously, but for sure. Brazil, but for Brazil, he's been insane uh, so far. Mm-hmm. We'll see how he continues the next two games because he is the type of player that lets stuff get to his head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Definitely an ego I'm, warrior. I'm, I'm, yeah, but I'm. Not he put gonna, on a shift. I was, I was gonna say. <laughs> but, <laughs> but he. Uh, he did. He did well. He did well to score both of those goals. They were insane, and you saw why he was getting big money moves. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and you know Serbia. They do have the. They do have the quality. If they get a, they, 
you know, get a result against Cameroon, um, you know, we could or, or even Switzerland, we could see them sneak in. That's not their hopes done. It, but it's the same thing with Cameroon. You know what I mean? It really depends on how this second, uh, the second match they goes for them. Uh, we have to move on. Now we got Portugal, Ghana. What a boring first half. I absolutely hated it. I'm going to talk about it a little bit before I go to the rest of the guys. Uh, first of all, me and Danny, our father hates Danilo Pereira at center back. Um, I don't... It's just him. I, I don't I want him at think, center back. Yeah, uh, I think Antonio Silva should be playing over him. Or even Pepe. Because uh, I feel like Danilo doesn't really play... I mean, he's been playing center back for PSG a little more recently. Uh, this season, at least. But he just has a mistake in him. That just costs us too much. Especially when we have Rafael Guerrero on the left. Who also has mistakes in him. From a defensive point of view. Um, he did really well going forward. Passing the ball. Connecting play. But defensively his marking is mainly what lets him down in his defensive awareness. Um, so <clears throat> I really hope we see a change there. Uh, Ronaldo scores a peno. It is a peno. I don't care what anybody says. You look back yes. at it. He Ronaldo touches the ball. The guy kicks him. <laughs> Aiden smiling. And I know. And Aiden, if you're saying the Argentina thing was no. a penalty, this is a penalty. Bro, honestly, I'm going to look at it right now because I only saw it from one angle. And I did from the angle I saw it look like the guy hit the ball. I'm going to look at it now okay. and I'm going to get back I'm gonna to you. I'm going to continue talking. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, um, um, yeah. yeah, he goes in, he gets the ball um, and the man. He gets the man first and then he gets the ball. So you can you can see that angle. Yeah, but we saw and from the back as well, which makes it a little yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, but we saw Fernando Sanch football that first half, and it was just so annoying. Um, there was just and again we saw another Ronaldo football team. You know what I mean? Like it just up until we made certain substitutions, which I was calling for for so long, I was like. Come on, guys. Um, Bruno Fernandes did have a great game. I don't think Otavio should be st should be starting. I don't know where he came from. Not that he's bad. Not that he doesn't put in a shift for Porto. But I just think João Mario should he's be starting. He's never proven himself. At, João at, Mario at, should at, be starting. Polina should be starting. Did you, have you, did you see Polina? Even though he only got like four five minutes of time. He was putting in crunching tackles to stop. Aiden has some this day. Bro, that's not a pen, bro. Oh, <laughs> that's bro, not a pen. pen every day, bro. bro, that's every no. Day. It's so soft. And, like, even if there is contact, it looks like he connects with the ball and a little he bit of Ronaldo, bro. Doesn't, but it's, doesn't. it's also from the back. That I, I feel like that's the main thing. Like, he tackles him from behind. I don't know. Bro. Was there contact? It looks like it's on the side. Was there contact? Not even from like through him, like through he, the back. He not like... only shoved but... him from the back. There was contact through the back. You just said yeah. it. There, there was not only contact from the back, but he also clips him. He kicks him trying to get to the ball. That's a penal. I think it's if that happened no, to I can... Messi, I... that's a penal. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Like he knows it. Look, look at that like... smile. He knows nah, it, bro. <laughs> but... No, no I'm no. Honestly, I... honestly, I pride myself in being unbiased in situations like this. And I feel like that could be anybody there. I'm. I don't think that's a pen, Ronaldo or not. I don't think that's a pen. Um, no, I, I think it's. I think it's the how he goes down after the tackle that makes it look like it's not a foul. But taking away the theatrics of how he goes down, it's a. It's a pen. That's why like VAR's actually been really good at this World Cup. 
right? Besides I think Dark there's Dark only Dark been... Dark, yeah. yeah, besides that one... But that's that's not VAR either. That's the technology. Yeah, that's the right, new offside right, tech, right? right? right. That's not even VAR because there's now seven referees, I think it is, in the VAR room. Yeah. Like, watching over, there's no way that that's not a, a pen. Like, yeah. we've seen really good decisions so far. Um, penalties as well. Broke record with that. Yeah, he did. Uh, he five did. World Cup goals. Yep. Uh, five World Cup. Yeah, yeah. Scored five World Cups. I don't know what the exact. Um, there you go. I also didn't like the system that he started off with. He started with a 4 one 2 one 2 which we don't really play. It was a it weird was, system. It was, it was a very weird system. With um, Ruben Neves being our our DM, which um, system, is is like new. Ruben Diaz benefits from having another midfielder next to him. When he yeah, is that, when agree. he is that sole defensive midfielder, Ruben Neves. Ruben Neves. Sorry, he didn't play. He didn't play bad, but you saw that that wasn't what he's used to. If you want to play a four-one-two-one-two system, you play William Carvalho in that DM role. Lenga. Shit. Or, you or, play or, Pereira or, in that DM or, role. Or Polina or Pereira, right? <laughs> yeah. um, which William Carvalho I was actually very very impressed with when he came on, by the way. Um, which Dave I was solid. I know I don't really... I kind of thought his time was over, but... Yeah, and I don't really rate him too much. Um, Not that he's terrible, but like, you know, I just think that there's other players at the moment that could get called up for the Portuguese national team that would do better. But he put in a shift. He did what he needed to do. Uh, João Felix's goal... Great finish, great pass from Bruno Fernandez, um, and a great. By Juan Felix. Juan Felix, what? That's what I said. No, I'm just saying Juan Felix. His yeah, the game he had was. He it was all right. He was kind of. Not really there. I feel like uh, he create. He was. He made the pass to Ronaldo for the penalty win okay. and got the got the assist as well. What um, I will say very quickly though, this is why Felix needs to leave Atletico Madrid. He's leaving, I think. Right. right? Yeah, apparently there's, there's a rumor, but I think this is why he needs to leave because looking, even though Portugal didn't play that expansive football, right, he instantly looks so much better than he does at Atletico Madrid. Bro, Atletico um, Madrid is not the team for Joao Felix. Nah, I feel like this is one part of the conversation I could speak at because... Yeah, 100%. <laughs> this is why I also brought but, it up. But, but Joao is such a good player and like I see glimpses of it when I watch Atletico, like as a Barca fan. But he's just not there. Like, that's not mm. the type of football. Like, Simeone is a terrorist. A footballing <laughs> terrorist, I should specify. But it's like, he just plays negative football. And I hate to see such a talented player like him go to waste. I mean, he's still only 22. Long career ahead of him. Right. He's been linked to Barca a few times. Like, our president has openly said before that he wants him at Barca. And I feel like in a... Like in a team like Barcelona, a team like Arsenal, like he's just going to cook. Like he's he he's being wasted. He he's is. being wasted, bro. Fuck Simeone, bro. <laughs> Fuck Simeone for wasting anything. One thing I like want to say about the first half, even though it was boring, um, Ghana had zero shots that first half, and that's a good stat to have if you're a Portugal fan as well. Um. Yeah, looks so shaky on the counter in that second half, though. So I, shaky. I Every think, time they got yeah. to the counter, up until Polina was there to start breaking the counter, I was scared for my life. Officer Rafael Leon as well coming on and scoring and smiling while he did it. And smiling while he did it. <laughs> He's always smiling. We have to stop being so scared of 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 make, like picking these players. Like he was so confident in choosing. 
he was so confident in choosing Otavio to play, but is scared to, like, is he listening to the fans? I don't know, because I feel like every Portugal fan or anybody Wait. who's watching it is like, whoa, Polina did so good. Oh, Leon is doing so good, but just... I'm I'm going to throw another argument into the mix now, right? That that lineup that started the game, was it strong enough to beat Ghana? Okay. Right? Yeah. So if it's strong enough to beat Ghana, surely some of the better players are better off not playing against Ghana, looking at the other teams in that group. Okay. I understand what you're trying This to. is the way that I'm going to pull it across, right? So, like... You got, um, like, I was just having a look, because Gon- Goncalo, uh, is it Goncalo, what is Ramos. it, Ramos. Goncalo Ramos, right? He came on ahead of Andre Silva, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Andre Silva is absolutely flying for Leipzig. He's really, really good. Um, we saw Pepe take a break as well. Again, I'm just looking at it going, maybe, just, just maybe it was because it was Ghana, the easiest team of this group. I because the, the friendly right before against Nigeria, we saw how well João Mario, Gonzalo Ramos, Antonio Silva, the three Benfica guys mm. played. And it was like, surely that performance was enough to get them in there. But I don't know. We'll see. It's only been one game, but... Yeah, there's two, really there's two much harder games. It's almost a good problem to have, the fact that we want these players to come on and they're there and like we have these options. The fact that we have these options is good, but it's just about choosing the right players and... But uh, let's give credit to Ghana. Portugal scored, and they responded really well, scoring only eight minutes later. Andre Ayew, um, you know, he's getting on, but he's still putting in a shift, 32 years old. Um, <laughs> you know, he – sorry, Danny. <laughs> um, and then you could say that our substitutions, right after that, we put on Rafael Leal a minute later, Joel Felix scores, and then Rafael Leal scores two goals back-to-back uh, within a time span of two minutes. We responded five minutes later. Um, but then in the 89th minute, Ghana score again and it's 3-2. And then there's nine minutes of extra time because of this new system, which I'm still completely for. But now that scares me. You know what I mean? And then you had the Diogo Costa thing. Where Inaki Williams was smart enough and no one communicated to Diogo Costa. So that's another issue that I'm scared about because no one's communicating. That, yo, someone's behind you. (laughs) And, like, it's actually overconfidence. And we got so lucky. Yeah, the fact he put the ball on the floor in the last minute yeah, like, of the he game. he did not know he was All there. he had to do was kick that shit up. Like, yo, Cam yep. or Cal, put their... There's, there, you can find it on Twitter or something. Look at... There's a thing of Portugal's reactions. Uh, the Portuguese... <laughs> Ronaldo's reaction is hilarious. Where they're just like, put that in. Put that in. One, because this is going to be a talking point. Because that is ridiculous and... You know, in we got lucky. We got lucky. Unlucky for Inaki Williams slipping, and yeah, know, it was just uh, that could have been a three three, and that would have been that would have changed the whole group. Um, On this, shout out to Bakari with the C celebration as well with the Sue. Yeah, he did. Right, <laughs> that, that was what. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> overall, yeah, Yo, you might muted, Aiden. Overall, and I was just oh, oh. eating takis. <laughs> <laughs> overall, second half. When we saw these um substitutions, we did play a lot better. We did play a lot more fluid. Um, the goal from Ronaldo, the penalty, did open up Ghana a little more to attack because they were so happy to sit back that game. 
They were very happy to sit back and try and uh, break on a counter. At the end of the day, we won, so I'm happy, of course. Uh, but I do hope a bit changes going into the next game. We spent a little bit of time on that match day, so I think we, we got to move on because we still got two match days uh, to get through. Um, Qatar-Senegal, we spoke about this a, bit, a little bit. Senegal, a lot more clinical this time around. Um, Qatar, we did see a little more from them this game. Uh, they are the first nation to be knocked out of this tournament. And it is the second time ever, I believe it is, that yep. the host nation has been uh, knocked out at their group stage. Um, they did have yeah. 10 shots. We did see a bit of a Fief who looked decent. Um, I don't know if Qatari players are... I don't know what the rules are because we don't really see Qatari players play outside of Qatar. Um, but he's a player that I would think would get a move out of Qatar because he did look like he had quality behind him. Um, but overall, again, Qatar's team just wasn't up to par. Senegal's team played amazing. Um, 13 shots. The expected goals was actually on Qatar's favor, even though Senegal scored three. Um, but overall, good job. Senegal keeps them alive. Qatar, you're out. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, thank you for Time to go home. Thank you for hosting. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Netherlands, Ecuador. We spoke about this a little bit earlier. It was a 1-1. Gakpo got on the score sheet again with a great finish with his left great. foot, by the way. He's a righty. So that's a great finish with your weak foot. Um, <clears throat> Ender Valencia with the poacher's finish was there for the rebound. Um, mm -hmm. And that's what you're expected to do. He now has three in two games. So big up him. He was one of my players to watch for Ecuador, and he's putting in a shift. He came on injured again at the end. Um, I don't know how serious it is. We'll see. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be enough to get against. Uh, to sorry, it won't be enough so he could play against Senegal because that's going to be a big game between those those two. Uh, to see who goes through essentially. Right. But again, good job, Ecuador. I think a lot of people were sleeping on them. Um, may I say? And Netherlands struggled. We did see Netherlands struggle. We saw a bit of vintage Netherlands. And when I say vintage Netherlands, I mean Netherlands within the last couple of years where they've been struggling. They only mustered two shots on target. Or two shots, period. Sorry. One of them being Gakpo's goal. <laughs> so, you know, that that is a, you know, that's worrisome. But mm -hmm. Ecuador are just solid. They have a good compact squad. They break the counters very well, and then they counter themselves. So... Uh, good job to them. Well, I just want to yeah. quickly say before we move on, PSV are going to make a killing on Gakpo after this World oh, Cup, bro. Make so much money. Because he, he's, he's, yeah, like he's, I, I won't be surprised if he's gone in January because right. he's just very clinical. He's just good. Like he plays well. Like, right. Oh. I do got to move on, Danny. Sorry. Um, we good. So, Wales, Iran, we saw. Iran scored twice in extra time. <laughs> uh, 98th minute. The other one was 90 plus 11. So that's like the 101st. That one's a bit weird. <laughs> uh, maybe it was because of the celebrations or maybe so much time being wasted during extra time. That's the only thing I could really think of. Nonetheless, in the 98th, they did make it 1-0. Wayne Hennessy with a terrible attempt. <laughs> oh, how did the ref give that a yellow? Uh, originally, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like VAR like, overturned it. Yeah. How did he give it a yellow? Yeah. He booed him in the face. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, we did see 
a much better Iranian team compared to the one against England. We saw the Iranian team I think we were expecting against England. Iran could have <laughs> scored so many more goals. Azmoun hit the post, I think, twice. Um, So we saw a much better Iranian team. They had 21 shots. <laughs> uh, Wales did have 10 shots, but overall, Iran just were a yeah. lot more clinical, even though Wales had a lot more possession of the ball. Um, so that's, I believe that's Wales out, maybe? I don't know. We'll go through the groups and no. we'll get it. No, no, no. Everyone can still qualify. Okay. Yeah, everyone can still qualify from that group. Just very quickly, um, Stephen, you're, you might be actually be the best person for this. Um, Iran's manager. Carlos uh, Queiroz, right. Um, so he was a previous Portuguese national team manager um, during, I believe, the 2010 World Cup, I believe it was. Um, and maybe, I don't know if it was the, no, 08 Euros was still Paul Vento. He might have been 2012. Um, he's a good manager. He knows how to make a solid, compact team, which is kind of ironic considering they lost 6-2 to England. But uh, Ironic. <laughs> oh, God. That, 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 there's the dad in Om showing. <laughs> um, but he knows how to get a good, solid core. And I think we saw that. He is a bit like Fernand Sanch in the sense of he plays a bit more defensive. Um, you don't really see him playing with such a high line and trying to, you know, really push the opponent. Um, but he's a good manager. He's there for a reason. This isn't the first. He's gone Portugal to the World Cup. He's gone Iran to the World Cup. And I believe it was Morocco the last time around. Or it was another country uh, that he got to the World Cup. So he knows what he's doing, obviously. Um and he's also, a, he's a uh, lot sir, tactical. I would yeah. say. Uh, also, Sir Alex Ferguson's uh, assistant manager as well. Right. Um, wow. Who's probably the greatest ever manager um, in the game. Right. Um, I think statistically, he actually is. Um, Sir Alex Ferguson for Manchester United. So, yeah, he was his assistant my coach. Um, then we got England USA. Nil nil. I think we pretty much covered that, though, yeah, to yeah, be no, honest. We're gonna, yeah, we're going we're gonna to go into it. Yeah, we spoke about it earlier, so it's going to be pretty quick. But I do think. Like Danny said, USA brought it to England um, for sure. And I think uh, the thing is, you know, I feel like people were expecting a lot, uh, a much different um, result because of the 6-2 demolition of Iran from England. And then the collapse from USA in the Wales game, I thought that this was, people thought that there were, it was going to be much different this time around. Right. But what we saw was USA showing like, no, we still have this fight and we're going to take it to you. But it was still pretty boring overall. USA I, still... Go ahead. I don't know. USA are good. Um, I don't know how good. Right. Because the issue is that England did not play to 100%. Right, right, of course. They did not. They played tournament football, right, where you've got to have that break. So, I don't know. After that second half against Wales, like, Phil Foden didn't come on, and how he's he's not had the game time he normally has because he's England's, like, best player, right? He could play for Spain, right? He is that good. And the fact that Gareth Southgate didn't want to bring him on because he might lose the ball was the only concern for me coming out of that, that England-USA game. Very um, literally. So players like Ross Barkley publicly tweeting, get Foden on, <laughs> like, yep. if it, if an English international is tweeting at you to get a player on, I feel like that says something. Um, yeah. Before we move on, Mason Mount getting a lot of stick. Um, good. Um, Deserves it. Um, He's awful. Yeah, I was going to say that. 
Um, he um, look, stick and he should be start. I mean, sorry, he should not be starting over Foden. The I think no or Madison. I, okay, for that Madison's injured, so oh, okay. Madison oh. ha- can't be in in the equation at the moment. Um, I think that Foden plays slightly differently to to um. Mount. Mount. Yeah, his name just went uh, straight out of my head there. He plays very differently, right? Mount is a lot more um, secure defensively. He can keep the ball. He's not as adventurous. So in a game that you're looking to draw, time waste a little bit on the field. He's a good player to have. Um, Mount's just not... I don't know. He's just very average. Right? Like... You put him in Portugal, you put him in Spain, you put him in Brazil, you he doesn't get into any of those teams, but he's just an average player. He I don't know why he constantly gets selected by Southgate. He's got very good work rate, don't get me wrong though, and I think that might be why. It's the fact that he can run for 90 minutes, right? Four days later, he can run again for another 90 minutes. His work rate and his stamina are outstanding, and I think that's why he's probably playing, but apart from that, I, I, I don't understand it. He's yes. he's not great. Um, I'm gonna get through today's games pretty quick, just so we have uh, a little bit, bit of extra time because I'm looking at the time we can talk. <laughs> um, yes. So we're gonna just so we have some extra time to talk about the other things that I mentioned. Um, Poland, Saudi Arabia, uh, Poland winning two 0 keeping their hopes alive. Uh, this game, Saudi Arabia put in a. Sh- <laughs> They put in a shift. <laughs> 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 had say they had so much more possession than Poland. They looked dangerous. I was watching the highlights. I was not awake for it. Um, and they were playing that tiki-taka football I mentioned earlier. They, I think that they got pretty lucky to not come away with at least a point against Poland. Yeah. Um, the Chesney double save. Was insane. Yeah. Chesney double save from the, the penalty and then the follow-up from that penalty was disgusting. Um, and then the mistake from the defender for um, Lewandowski right, to right, score. Right. I mean, that's just good Lewandowski pressing, though, because he's such a good striker. There we but... go. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, that's the. They kept the. They're, they're, that group is interesting, to say the least. It, everything's pretty open. Um, Australia winning against Tunisia. Big up, Australia. <laughs> uh, I really thought Tunisia, like I said earlier, were going to win. Um, so we might have a couple eyes on Australia, Australian players from Europe. I know a couple of them. I was just looking do play in Europe, whether it be second division of like the Bundesliga or you know the the Scottish league or you know the championship. Uh, some of them do play in Syria, but you might see a couple eyes going towards there. It's usually these obscure nations where European teams kind of look because they might find a deal um, as well. So we'll see. But big up Australia, keeping their hopes alive. Uh, a game for Sutar. Good game for Sutar. I, yep. Sutar had a great game. The tackles he was putting in, um, yeah, he lo- he looked he looked like he placed top flight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think we mentioned this previously that out of Australia, half the team play either in Scotland or they are Scottish. Yeah. Right, like it's a really weird thing. Yeah. Um, so big up, um, Scotland's B team. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, France, Denmark. Uh, oh man! Denmark are awful. France are really good. Uh, Honestly, <laughs> what they, else? You know, really I, good. I feel like France struggled to break down Denmark for a lot of the time. 
I think it's just the way Denmark played. Defensively, they're solid. They've got a good goalkeeper in Schmeichel, but I think overall France just showed the quality, and I think that's all it is. Yeah. Um, Denmark aren't as good as what we were expecting. Right. And Mbappe right. was that difference maker that game scoring two yeah. goals. And you could see I think like, that's even it. though Giroud, like we mentioned earlier, um, they did stop him. They couldn't stop the pace of Mbappe when he would cut in and then cut back out, and like they just don't know what to do with that. Mm. Um, so, oh, uh, can I just throw a quick point on Denmark? Um, one of the players, mm. I am really disappointed in Damsgaard, considering his uh his performance at the Euros. Yeah, mm. but really um, disappointed. So this was the thing. This is the thing about tournaments. A lot of the time is that sometimes players shine in the tournaments and then uh, fail at club level, and then you see that the next no, time. But then, but then he, at, he played really level, well in Syria, A. At, so what, like, at club level, he wasn't doing that well before that Denmark move. I mean, before the Denmark Euros. I looked at the stats. Um, oh, he, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was... He's, he's 23, 22. He's still young. Like, so before the last Euros, he would have been 18, right? Like... So it's understandable that he wouldn't be that good. He did quite well. He's now at Brentford, um, I believe. But yeah, I don't know. Um, he's just not showing any pace. Yeah. He's the one quick player that Denmark have, and he's just not showing it. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry. Uh, France, Sorry for interrupting. France first team to qualify. So Officially. And, yeah. um, they're also, I believe, the first World Cup winners holders in the last couple, the last three World Cups. To actually progress so early, or to progress, wow. I think every time a team has won the World Cup, they get knocked out the mm -hmm. next one. Mm -hmm. Twenty ten, like Spain that. won. Twenty fourteen, Spain went out in the group stage. Germany. Germany won, and then went out in the group stage of twenty twenty. So yes, I think there. I think, and I think Italy didn't. I think Italy oh six got knocked Italy. out two thousand ten in group stage, or did it even go to two thousand ten? No, they didn't. They didn't make 2010. It was one of those two. Either they got knocked out or they just didn't even... No, they they were there. They were there. But they got knocked out group stage. I believe it was. Paraguay took them out. Whatever. Yes. Um, and then we have Argentina, Mexico. Me and, da me and Danny. Me and Aiden were watching this together. Uh, Aiden, can, uh, really quick though, because we do got to talk about a couple things. I mean, again, I feel like we covered a lot of it. I feel like this game, more than the Saudi Arabia game, you saw the nerves get into Argentina. Like, after being that first shocker to Saudi Arabia, coming out in this game, that first half was so dead. Like, both teams barely created anything. Like, it was just a snooze fest. And then second half starts, nothing again is happening, really, until out of nowhere. Lionel Messi from the outside the box class finish like just absolutely puts it into the corner Chua can't do anything about it finishes that goal and then Argent like the game finally opened up a bit finally got chances on both ends Mexico still never looked a real threat I remember in the game I was gonna tell Steven the, the good thing is that Mexico didn't like look like they were about to score anytime soon but I don't want to say that, and then they scored. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> but then, as the game progressed, you just saw Argentina finally get into a rhythm a little bit more. And then eventually Enzo Fernandez from a corner kick. Play well played, great finish into the um, top right-hand corner. Um, Ochoa, again, couldn't do anything about it. And, yeah, Enzo Fernandez, uh, Benfica player. He's been really well. He's really playing amazing for us this season. No. Uh, I don't really see him staying past this one season. I'm not going to lie. 
Any player that plays good for Benfica, you don't see him staying long. Uh, I see him if they're... Axel Witzel, where Axel Witzel came, played amazing for one season, and then dipped. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, and we saw Mexico's lack lack of goal-scoring ability, which is what was what almost had them not qualify for the World Cup towards the end of the qualification because they just couldn't put it at the back in the back of the net. Um, really quick, I'm going to share my screen for you guys. And we're just going to go through the groups really quick. Uh, we have about 10 minutes. So, All right. Um, do you guys... I still have That was my prediction. I still have Netherlands-Ecuador getting through. Yeah, that was my exact prediction the first... Um, first podcast right um yep you guys have any you guys still think senegal's gonna get through how do you guys feel about that yeah i, I still think senegal okay well, uh, i really wouldn't be surprised if senegal nudge them depends if uh valencia plays right uh well it, it'll it'll be an interesting game that'll definitely be a game to watch ecuador senegal in my opinion yeah. I, I think it, the experience of senegal just takes them through after winning the african cup of nations fair Mm-hmm. Um, England, Iran, USA, Wales, uh, must win for USA to get through. Mm-hmm. If it's it's difficult, it's difficult because if they if they find their scoring edge to, against Iran, then potentially. But Iran also played super well against Wales, where USA do Iran Wales. So I don't really know do Iran play for the draw. No, not not a, no. not a, not at first. Uh, they, they don't play. They're not going to be pressing super hard, but I don't think they're going to be necessarily playing for the draw either, if that makes sense. Oh, and a, a thing to note, these last games are all going to be played at the same time. Okay. Yeah, so, are they? This yeah, is so, what yeah. I was just... 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Yeah. Well, that's uh, Eastern U.S., but... Yes. So I, yeah. I think what happens is that Iran play quite defensively. They try and hold, depending on what happens in that Wales-England game. If Wales take mm-hmm. the lead, you'll see Iran expand. Um... Now, Poland, Argentina, Saudi Arabia, Mexico. I'm not going to lie. I think I see Argentina, Saudi going through. I think Saudi beats Mexico. I think Argentina beats Poland. Really? Uh, I, I, that would be crazy. That's kind of what I want to happen. That's what I think will what? happen after seeing how the way Saudi Arabia will play. As long as Argentina beat Poland, I think it has to be, right? Yeah. But the walk. I, think, I think if they draw, well, no, if Poland and Argentina draw, Saudi Arabia win. That means Argentina are out, and it's Poland yes. and Saudi Arabia going through. Yes. So it's a must win, almost essentially for Argentina. So yeah, it is. Have, it they is. have to take the game to them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I expected Wolves, that regardless. Yeah, because if if Pol yeah if Poland draw Saudi win, then Saudi go top of the group, and Poland uh, still go through, right? I'd also like to mention that. Uh, Teams who lose their first game in um in the group stage have an eleven percent chance of making it through. Argentina lost their first game, so crazy. But you're Spain telling me lost their chance. first game and the in the twenty twenty World Cup and then won it. So, mm. um, France, uh, Australia, Denmark, Tunisia. Um, France obviously already through, so it's going to be a battle for that second place. I honestly, you know, it's going to be it's going to be Australia, Denmark. Whoever wins that yeah, game goes Denmark. through. Um, and it really depends. I mean, we've seen bits and pieces. I think Denmark take it. 
we've seen bits and pieces of OG Denmark in there, but Australia, they're not playing terrible. I mean, obviously you get outclassed by France, but they put up a shift against Tunisia. Sorry, I said it again. Um, so who knows? That's that's really, it's we'll, we'll have to see. It's really going to be based on that Australia-Denmark game if that interests anybody. I think um, it's a 1-0. Socceroos! Spain, Japan, Germany, Costa Rica. This one's a bit tougher to tell. It uh, is. Considering the, it's still only one game <clears throat> so far. Uh, I do hope Spain beat Germany, and I think Japan, considering they beat Germany, should beat Costa Rica, theoretically speaking. <clears throat> Wait, do you know what then happens? That happens? It's Both confirmed. teams qualify, yeah, and yeah. Germany and Costa Rica are basically out. Instantly out, yeah. So the last Ooh! game day doesn't matter at all. When is that? Um, when well, they'll they be play? fighting for first. When, when do those guys whoever, play? Tomorrow? Wins, yeah. Tomorrow. Uh, yeah, tomorrow. I'll be no, do you know what? tomorrow from these groups? Whoever wins goes through. If Japan win and Spain and Germany draw, Spain have still basically qualified because of goal difference. Yeah, Spain are pretty much clear anyway because of that 7-0. Unless another madness happens. Um, Imagine if they lose (sighs) 7-0. Imagine. Belgium, Croatia, Morocco, Canada. It's a tough one. That one's way too early. Yeah, this one is very early. Um... I'm not gonna lie. I still think Canada and Belgium go through. I still, I think Canada will uh, bounce back. But I, don't I know. hope so. I, uh, ugh, I don't know. Over Croatia. Part of me feels like Croatia might not make it, man. I mean, I've you imagine? Yeah. I haven't really enjoyed Croatia's games this tournament. So. Um. Brazil. Brazil. Serbia, Brazil are gonna make it through. I feel like, it. even though yeah. Neymar's out, on the show. even though <laughs> even though Brazil is, I mean, Neymar's out for the last two games. I still think they go through. Um, as far as this last one, I, uh, I, I know I originally had Serbia, but I, I won't be surprised if Serbia, I mean, if Switzerland go through now. Uh, Switzerland I said Brazil, Switzerland. Switzerland were always the favorites, but mm. I just thought Serbia would have an upset in them but after that loss. I don't know. It's, I guess it's going to depend on the Switzerland-Serbia game. It's still early. They've only played one. But yeah. uh, we'll see. And then Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay, Ghana. Um, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, all teams... South Korea, to... Uruguay go through. I think No, I think... <laughs> well, it really is going to depend on the game against Uruguay. I think Portugal will go through because I feel like Uruguay, at least going based off of that first game, don't look as dangerous as I originally thought they were going to be. I think Nunez can fuck up our defense. I can't lie. Potentially, I'm gonna stop streaming. By the way, guys, uh, this this part. Um, what's it called? Yeah. So I don't know. Do you guys still? What? Who do you guys think for that group? Portugal, South Korea, Uruguay, Ghana. Ghana didn't look bad though when they actually opened up and played football. They looked dangerous. I need to see uh, another game from all the teams. To be honest, I don't know because no, uh, he didn't see much I've... of what South Korea can offer. They they didn't look good. I don't think they actually looked as potent as they normally do. Um, mm-hmm. I still think I th- actually think it's going to be Portugal and Ghana. Right, All right, fair enough. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Portugal Uruguay still because yeah. I kind of still want Uruguay. I mean, I wanted Uruguay to do good, but like, they didn't really impress me in that first game at all. But I'll see how they look against Portugal. Really quick, I'm Uruguay have a 54% chance of winning. Unfortunately, because but... of um time, uh. We're just not. We're not going to really give too much reasons. Again, it's so hard with all these games going on. 
Um, I think the dark horse of this tournament for me, I'm not gonna lie, especially after those of um the their performances, is either going to be Japan or Saudi Arabia. Ironically enough, it's really weird for me to choose because Ecuador looked decent, Saudi Arabia looked decent, and Japan looked decent. My dark horse before though it has changed. My dark horse before was um Uruguay. So I, I guess it's gonna depend on the second match day for that group to see how, if they turn up a little bit. But my my dark horse has changed a little bit. Uh, I'll do mine. Mine mine was Denmark and Serbia, mm -hmm. but uh, I don't know. I mean, they're they're still in it, so it's early. But uh, I want to say now, uh, Switzerland, and I don't know why, but I think Switzerland. It's a good no. It's a good. It's a good choice. It's not. A I think Saudi Arabia is going to do something similar to what Iceland did in the uh, Euros when they did that run. I think Saudi Arabia will have a run similar to that. Yeah. Gotta remember they're they're essentially the host nation as well, like next to Qatar. Yeah. So, um, my dark horse originally was Netherlands, and after the first two games, I feel like I can't say that anymore. Fair. If you know what I mean, they're just um, favorites. Really a dark horse, yeah. If I say they are because they weren't at the last tournament. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so I before the before the start, if I had said Netherlands, it would have been like, oh, that's a good shout. Now it's like, oh, that's an obvious shout. Yeah. Um, so if I'm going for the not obvious, someone who I'm expecting to go far, I th it's so difficult. Based on my original, uh, what I said originally, it might even be England. I think they could actually make the whole way um, after seeing them. But uh, my dark horses are definitely going to be Japan. I reckon they go semis. They go all the way to the semis. Yeah, I have a feeling. That's crazy. Just... It's going to be African All team. Right. African team's going to make it to the semis. And, um, <clears throat> Aiden. Really um, mine was Uruguay. They put me, they gave me a snooze fest. Out of just like the games that I've seen so far, I must say Canada because I, I really enjoyed looking at that game. Mm, I, and they played really well. That Belgian, like to outclass that Belgian team takes a lot. And yeah. Fair enough. And uh, one thing I forgot to mention really quick before we end this off. Uh, for Canada, so what happens um, at these tournaments a lot of the time is that you'll see players or rough gems get noticed that might be playing in not the top five leagues, but maybe in the leagues just below, such as the Belgian League, the Dutch League, Swiss League, um, or even leagues abroad. Um, so sometimes big teams or European teams from the top five will notice these players and get uh, poached up. This happened with Enter Valencia at a Ecuadorian uh, for Ecuador at the last tournament or whatever tournament they were in before that they were in. Um, he got poached up by West Ham, I believe it was. So, you know, we've seen stuff like that all the time. So we're seeing our first bit of um, transfer news, quote unquote, that is related to the World Cup, I would say more though. And not, not saying that he obviously has to be playing well for the club as well. But I feel like this transfer news has only come up after the Canadian game. Um, but Johnston, I believe his name is, right, Danny? So Johnston, yeah. Um, from Canada, who I, when I was watching, put in a shift. He was playing right center back, but he pushed up a lot. I don't. Is he also a right back? Danny? He's usually a right wing back for Montreal, yeah. Okay, so he was playing like a right center back in a five back system, but you saw, I saw him pushing up a lot. I guess when Larea came off, he kind of went wide again, um, and he 
he was putting in some quality balls. He's been linked to Celtic, which isn't a top five league, but Celtic is a team that's in the Champions League. Champions League yeah. um, and it is one of the best, if not the best, um, Scottish team. Um, so that's a big move going from the MLS over to Europe to play in Scotland. Uh, to play for Celtic, and the thing about Celtic is a lot of teams, a lot of players from Celtic then get a move to another team in Europe, which, so it's a good stepping stone, I feel like. If he doesn't make the grade at Celtic, he goes back to the MLS. If he does, he gets another move. He's still pretty young, from what I know. Um, not super young, but he's like in his mid-20s. So, it's a good uh, career move. Uh, we'll be more on the lookout with that. But, yeah, so that's gonna be it for this episode. If we remember things that we've missed out on, obviously we'll try to tackle it next time around. Next time around, um, we'll probably only speak on some more important games rather mm-hmm. than every game, just because it'll be towards the end of the group stage. And we'll 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 probably do the, what we just did and just go through each group and just kind of just uh, talk about it a little more. Um, but yeah, so that's about it. I hope you guys enjoyed. Does anyone have any last minute comments at all? Before we end this, um, it was never a pen. It was never a pen. I don't care what you say. Whatever, bro. Okay. All right. (laughs) All right. Thank you, guys.